This is Good Cover Wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Nigel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, he is Brian Rowitz. And from ESPN 1000 in Chicago, he's ready. He'll take on Ronda Rousey. I'm sure Brian Rowitz will definitely buy the pay-per-view. He's big into the intergender matches. He is Jonathan Hood. Well, apparently she, someone's got to take on Ronda Rousey because she can't get a good match. I'll get a good match out of her. She's not gonna hit. She's not gonna dump me on my head. <laughs> so that's where we start. Not necessarily with Ronda Rousey and Survivor Series, but Survivor Series as <laughs> as as a whole. Survivor Series War Games Bloodline comes out on top uh, in in their War Games main event battle, but that kind of gets us, you know. The bloodline, they kind of teased, oh, is Sammy going to be loyal? Ultimately, Sammy Zayn stays loyal, goes low, go, and, uh, you know, low blow to Kevin Owens, and now he's celebrating with Jimmy and Jay and the entire bloodline. So it, start, it just kind of got us thinking, how is this thing going to end? How is this going to end for the bloodline? Fantasy book, the end of the most dominant faction in recent memory. Well, I think that all three of us believe this will end with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn uh, coming together. There'll be a tag team or, you know, Sami will go running into the arms of Kevin Owens. The question is, we know that's going to happen, but the question is when. When will that happen? This is the hottest thing in wrestling. And the reason why, bros, this is so interesting to me is because each one of these characters has something going for them. It's not just Sami Zayn being part of the bloodline and the issues with one of the Usos, what's going on with Jimmy, what's going on with Jay. But you know what's also interesting about this? It's Solo Sokoa. You know, he stands out in all of this because he stands there like a mountain, just, just watching all of this. Please be part of the hug, Solo. Be part of the hug. And he's just like, nah, I'm just going to stand here, you know, because he stands out almost a man to himself. And also the most interesting thing out of this is all of this is happening. And there's Paul Heyman in the back. He's a, he's he, it's Seinfeld. He's like the fifth most interesting character on the show. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how that works when Heyman is such a, a character over the years, but he's just back there holding the belts while all these other characters are out there right in front of your face. Yeah, I agree. Like everyone has their own thing. Like even read stuff on the internet, like solo is the interesting one. He didn't say a word. And I was like, well, maybe Solo is the one who breaks up. Like maybe he's the one who does it. And that's the best part about the storytelling. But you talk about the when. And the weird thing is just looking at the WWE calendar. So Royal Rumble is end of January, Elimination Chamber, middle of February, and then Mania. So there, you feel like whenever it happens, it has to be on a premium live event. You want to get as many eyes as possible, make it a big deal. To me, Elimination Chamber sort of makes sense. It's in Montreal, and we know how much they love their Canadians and KO and Sami Zayn. Somehow the two of them at the end of Elimination Chamber, like battling it out and then hugging or something like that, like that feels like a great chance to sort of work in that crowd and give Montreal something to be happy about. Because sometimes, you know, the WWE sort of books against that. Uh, what are you talking about? Is there something <laughs> historically that they did in Montreal? Is there? I, I don't know what you're talking Hypothetically about. Hypothetically speaking. <laughs> Brett, screwed Brett. You can look in the mirror. What? So, Mirror. so part of this is also like whoever, however you decide to take these belts off of Roman Reigns is I'm, I'm guessing 
USA, Fox, Hunter, eventually want to split the championships up again so you have a SmackDown champion and you have a Raw champion. So if Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are coming together, and let's say Dwayne doesn't want to do WrestleMania because, well, the last time he actually wrestled a match, it, caught, it probably ended up costing him some money because he tore a peck against John Cena a decade ago. What if there's like a handicap match where – you know, they both simultaneously pin Roman Reigns because it takes more than one. Like, the way they've booked Roman, it's going to take more than one simultaneously pin him, and that's how they end up split chips. That sounds like a good role. One gets one, yes. one gets the other. <laughs> good. Yes. Sounds like a good role. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I think overall, like, the way you look at, like, the ending of it, like, I obviously have been very vocal. I think it ends with Sammy being the champion. Like, I think at this point, there's enough steam behind it. The Undertaker has come out and said what a great character Sammy Zayn is right now. Like, what else do you need to hear? But, like, I think there's enough there to, like, do something. And you also have to factor in the Rumble. Like, I still think Mania is Roman defending the title on both nights. I think it's defending yeah, so- defend it, and then you do something off of that. Yeah, because the, the problem is, you know, part of the the biggest part, like Jay Hood said, is when do you end it? Because you want to hit that sweet spot where it starts to wind down. And it seemed like without Sami Zayn inserting into the bloodline and becoming the character that he's become and getting Roman Reigns and the Usos and trying to break Solo Sokoa on a weekly basis like he's an SNL character when he's out there cutting promos, you know, like that has injected – a new life. It's taken a new direction. And that's, that's how you're able, like when you think about the longer reigns in WWE, like CM Punk, when he was the champion for as long as he was, there was a huge turn in the middle of that. Like he was, I mean, it just, you have to keep things fresh and new in order to stay on top the way the bloodline has. And with Sami Zayn, it is still a breath of fresh air. It's still incredibly entertaining. And I don't think you want to cut that off too early. It's, it's always that tough thing when I think when you have a champion for this long, is, okay, how do we end this thing, and how do we make sure we don't end it too soon? Because the bloodline, again, because Sammy, you know, he, he's selling honorary Ooze shirts. Now he's wearing a Feeling Oozy t-shirt. Like, they're selling merch. They're getting good ratings. They're stealing every show. So you don't want to end that too early. It's about finding that sweet spot of not hanging on too long and yet not cutting it off too soon. Now, see, that's a great point. And you could be able to say, okay, we'll cut this off at the Rumble. We'll cut this off at WrestleMania because WrestleMania, everything resets. But you see, if you had a, a strong number two or number three or number four storyline, then you could be able to say, okay, we'll switch this at WrestleMania and just go into this program. But the one thing, and there's a number of things that we have an issue with with Triple H's regime, but one of them through the first, what are we, almost to 150 days of his reign, something like that, getting close to 200 days, is that one of the things he has not done is stack up a roster of contenders for Roman Reigns championship, which we'll get into in a little bit. But as far as storylines, that's the hottest storyline. If you disassemble this storyline, then what's next? Like, you know, Dominic and Rhea Ripley coming to your Thanksgiving and, and, and tearing up Rey Mysterio. What, what is it? Like Miz and Dexter? I mean, Ray should have put his Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving. I don't know what he was thinking. Clearly when you do that, your son and his, presumable girlfriend are going to come and kick the crap out of you. Oh, well, hold on, honey. Someone's at the door. Let me put my mask on. Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? Ray Mysterio does that. 
Um, but that, that's what it comes down to. So it, it's a great point, Gabe, because you could you could do it, but then if you do it, say WrestleMania, this is everything blows up. Okay, so then what's next? So it's Sammy around the loop against the bloodline, Sammy and Kevin against the bloodline, the two-man power trip against the bloodline. Like, there's got to be something more to it than that, isn't it? Well, I agree with the fact that, like, there's not a secondary storyline. Like, the main storylines all center around the bloodline right now. I'm of the belief that Obvious works, and it seems like Obvious is Sammy being the one to get turned on or break away. Is there a chance they go another route? Like, is it Solo and KO? Is it one of the Usos and KO? And they go that route, and that's – and maybe – I mean, Gabe, you mentioned the punk heel turn. Could it be a bloodline face turn? Like, Solo and one of the Usos break away, and how dare they do this to Sammy? Roman defends Sammy, and they go that route. And it's a face bloodline moving forward. Yeah, I, I just don't see them breaking up the Usos at this point. So that's where Solo, again, with his name literally being Solo, like, he could be the one that breaks off. And, and, and I mean, he's he's a bad enough, badass enough character where I think you could pull some off. Now, it would some heating up because right now he's just kind of the, you know, less the muscle, I guess, where he just kind of stands around looking tough and, and, and he'll, he'll wrestle every once in a while, but you know, keep, keep kind of heating him up. Maybe give him a big match against a Drew McIntyre, have him beat a Drew McIntyre, somebody like that, that'll heat him up that if he's the one who ends up turning on the bloodline, that he's the one who maybe takes a belt off of Roman Reigns. But that's that's the problem right now because, and, and again, we'll get into this with Roman, like it just, it, it seems like it has to be Sammy or KO. This is what the, the, the story is revolving around. And like those two guys taking the undisputed tag team belts off the Usos just doesn't feel like it's enough. It feels like, well, if you're going to end the bloodline, you can't go for the underling. You got to go for the head of the monster, which is, of course, the head of the table. I know it's a lazy comparison, but you got to give. I agree that you got to give Solo Sokoa some matches here to find because, yes, he it looks like an imposing figure, but the NXT matches, I didn't watch him, so I don't know how bad he is. I did see him in some matches on the main roster. Uh, it's a lazy comparison, but he has the ability to be like the next Samoa Joe when Joe was really good, like in the Indies at Ring, Ring of Honor, right? You think he's good now um, because he's got dual championships in AEW. Solo Sokoa could be that one strong Samoan up-and-coming star that is an ass-kicker. not saying that Roman Reigns isn't. I'm just saying that Solo Sokoa, just from the package that we're seeing, could be that guy. And I think to that point, like, we don't really know what he can do on the mic. Like, you pair him with KO, and it's KO and Solo versus the Uso that mania. There's your mouthpiece. Like, let KO do all the heavy lifting on the mic, and all of a sudden you don't need to worry about that with Solo. But then there's still an answer like what you're doing moving forward. Like, they're in a good spot right now. It's working. It's continuing to get over, which is the crazy part, because it's been going for a while. And the way pro wrestling fans are, usually you get to this point, it's like, all right, we're tired of this. We're tuning it out. They're getting more and more over. Like, that's the most impressive part about the bloodline right now. Yeah, because they continue to add pieces. Adding Solo made a ton of sense. Adding Sami Zayn made zero sense. And it has somehow worked unbelievably well. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Sami Zayn, the red-haired guy from Montreal, French-Canadian, is the guy that is joining the Samoan bloodline as the honorary goose. Like, how? Like, it, it shouldn't be working. And yet, because Sami Zayn is that good, it is somehow working. Yeah, there's so, no way they projected a Sammy Uso chant becoming a thing. 
Let me tell no. you something. Let me tell you something, bro. It's, we're going to cut this off right now. We're going to cut this off right now. This whole Sami Zayn, because you keep trying the to, champ. you know, he you hits, keep putting it on Twitter. It's a Superman punch. Oh, yeah. imagine LA. Woo. Yeah. Woo. You know what? Goosebumps. You, you keep putting this on Twitter. You keep bringing it up in the show. Let me just tell you something. Now, I, I'll make the case. Sami Zayn's so over that he doesn't need the championship. I'll do that too, right? But Sami Zayn's the one that takes the pinfall. Sami Zayn is the one that's supposed to be the, the weakest of the weak links in this bloodline. Stop trying to put a strap on him. He's good, but think, he ain't that good. You can nah. easily book it to where, like, hey, I'm going to enter Elimination Chamber. I'm going to make sure KO doesn't win and take your title. Sami accidentally wins. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe I do want to win the title. Maybe all of a sudden he doesn't go down with the finger point. He comes down with the Superman punch. It's right there for you. You're oh welcome, Hunter. Nothing like a finish, like a haluva kick to get over. I mean, yes. I mean, it worked in ROH, but none of this nonsense here. No, he he's so good. He doesn't need a championship. He's the number. One, he's one of the the number one baby face in the company. He Can is. I go that far right now? Okay, he's over. I think that's he's fair. selling merch. He's got the whole handshake thing going. He's got the whole handshake. <laughs> that is he's really impressive. It's smooth. It is smooth. Uh, yeah, it's fine. It's hilarious though. That's why the Usos. That's why they keep laughing. I mean, yes. under Vince, this would have stopped. All right, stop the laughing. Yeah. But like every vignette, every promo, they're like, this guy, he's doing the whole handshake thing. And they can't, all three of them, it's Solo, it's Jimmy and Jay. They're all laughing. Uh -huh. he's Roman. Well, no, he broke Roman when he yeah. called Logan Paul the ultimate number two on the bottom of the Tribal Chief's shoe. You know, when he did the whole, we the ones, you the two, my dog. And, like, Roman lost it. Like, Roman, like Roman couldn't keep it together. I mean, I mean this this would have been uh, cleaned up in post. You would never see this online. They would have said, get, out, get the laughter out of there. Like, Vince would have. That's the difference, though. Triple H is allowing this to happen because it's live and it's real. That they love this guy so much that they're laughing through what's supposed to be serious promos. Yep. Under Vince, this would have never happened. He, he would have fined them for laughing. It would have been something like that. I'm, I'm serious. So trying to fantasy book the end of the bloodline is just interesting because we don't know when it's going to happen. But it also helps us transition into the three count because ending fantasy booking the end of the bloodline means, okay, who's Roman going to wrestle? We like to do a thing called the three count here, the other top three stories in the world of professional wrestling. And Brian, what do we have this week at number one? Yep, it's an easy transition. We saw Roman Reigns and Survivor Series on the Victorious team, another premium live event where he didn't defend the title. So who is next to challenge Roman for those titles? It kind of seems like it's got to be KO, one who took the low blow, took the fall because they teamed up on him at the end of Survivor Series. And he seems to be the one who is recalling his past with Roman, Seems keeps saying he wants another shot at Roman more than everybody else, than the Brawling Brutes, than Drew McIntyre. It seems like he's the one who mostly wants another shot at Roman Reigns. Um, so I, my guess is KO because that makes the most sense. Yeah, this is not part of the three count. It's an extension from the previous segment. It's the same thing because let's let's just continue on, right? Because yep. it's, it sounds like KO. KO was um, uh, there in the ramp talking to the bloodline, talking to Sammy. I don't want to be your friend. You know, you understand you're really not their blood, all that stuff. So that to me is a connection of Kevin Owens directly talking to Sammy, ultimately talking to Roman Reigns. You're not part of that family. You're not their blood. I don't need to be your friend anymore. That tells me that at the Rumble, I expect to see Kevin Owens against Roman Reigns. But see, here's the problem. 
It's not about the dual belts for me, guys. It's about, again, under the Triple H regime, you can't stack for me the serious contenders for the championships. And also, this has turned into Dusty Rhodes versus the Horsemen. It's like Dusty's trying to win Ric Flair's championship, right, in the 80s. But he can't get past Tully and Arn and Barry Windham because, and J.J. Dillon because every, every match is a disqualification. He's trying to beat Flair for the championship and can't. This is the same thing for anybody in the WWE. You're trying to get Roman, but you got to get past the Usos. You got to get past Sol Sokoa. You got to get past Heyman. You got to get past, you know, Sami Zayn. So it's going to be very difficult for anybody to get there. They have built this fence around Roman where it's never going to be one-on-one. And so that, along with not being able to have serious contenders, we're all waiting for Cody to get healthy. That's not for the Rumble. Is that even for WrestleMania? And But again, my point is, is that over these 100-plus days, can you line up for me the five serious contenders for Roman's championship? You, we're talking about trying to get the championships off of him, but you can't give me, like, for sure, that guy's going to beat Roman Reigns. Especially well, and it's all the people around him. Some of it's petered out because it seemed like Karrion Cross was going to be on that list. Not that he was going to win the championships, but it, right when Karrion Cross came back to WWE, it seemed like he was going to be a challenger for Roman Reigns. He is now faded so far to the back of SmackDown. Like, I mean, he's he's a non-factor, and he seemed three, four months ago like a sure bet to be a challenger at some point. Well, that's the thing. Like, when we started this show, we, one of the issues we had with Vince is that there isn't that obvious contender. There isn't someone that you're saying, okay, can't wait to see them win the title. They've done KO already. And that's why, like, yes, he has the pass to call back on. But I agree with you, Jay Hood. Like, there isn't anyone out there. And I wonder how much of it is, oh, he's got two belts. We can't do anything else. Versus they don't have him defend the belt. Like, it is so few and far between when he defends it. I looked it up today. Do you guys want to guess how many times since Mania, when he became undisputed champion, has Roman defended the titles on TV, on televised, non-house shows since Mania, which was April third? Okay, so he doesn't do it on Raw or SmackDown, if if at all. So I will say three. Okay, what do you got? Is it only one? No, he did it twice. I'm going to say two: Logan Paul and uh, Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Four. So Logan Paul, Brock, uh, you also had the Drew match at Clash of Castle. Oh, and yeah. SmackDown oh. match versus Riddle. So four times Riddle. since April. Four times in eight months of wrestling. Like, that sort of takes away from it also because you're not building up to, like, hey, this guy's had so many chances. Like, I think part of it is that. And, like, yes, Triple H has gotten sort of a pass because, hey, he's not Vince. That's the best thing he has going for him. But this needs to be held against him because there isn't that serious contender out there right now. Gotta defend this... strap. You got to defend a strap every 30 days, brother. Right. <laughs> yes. Brother. Does, does this mean the WWE is going to have a Royal Rumble problem? Like, if it's not Cody, then yes. Because if Cody's not healthy, then is it Rollins? Well, oh. is, is the winner of the Rumble even going to get a chance? Like, the way they did, and the reason why I asked this is because Money in the Bank, they decided to have Theory cash in. Like, in the match, the, the triple threat at Survivor Series was fun. But, like, I, I don't understand why you're, A, why you're cashing in for the U.S. championship to begin with. Then you lose it. But then you win it, and, and it just, the whole thing with Theory just is baffling, and it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But, he didn't cash in on, on one of the main on, on the big championship, the main championship. That makes zero sense. So does that mean we potentially see the winner of the Rumble challenge 
Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship? Oh, no, no, no. Wait a minute. Okay. So <laughs> this is Roman Reigns against Gunther at Elimination Chamber for the championship. Is well, that, how do they that... book that match, though? Like, how do they book the chamber? Like, what's at stake there? Oh, well, I mean, I mean, that's for a future title match down the line. <laughs> oh, I don't man. know. I don't <laughs> but Listen, it's, I want to see uh, – we're talking about contenders, right? And I know Gunther is the heavyweight champion of SmackDown because the Intercontinental Championship hasn't meant more – hasn't meant something like this in decades, right? So I'm happy for Gunther. I still want to see Roman Gunther. But I guess if Roman's pissed at at Kevin Owens for a potato to the ear uh, at, at Survivor Series, think about if he takes on Gunther. A, a, a big time, uh, like uh, a chop to the chest, Roman will go back to the back like, I'm not doing this, brother. I'm not doing this. What the F is going on? I'm not doing this. I mean, if you're mad at Kevin Owens, you'll definitely be mad at Gunther because he's not going to miss on that chop. So, I, I mean, so, I mean, so that's – so. It's we're waiting for Cody, right? Yeah. Okay. So and we're assuming Hunter feels the same way about Cody as Vince did. Like that has to be thrown out there also. Mm. He (laughs) 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 he's gonna get healthy to come back to the mid card. (laughs) Wait a minute. Not his decision. Like I That's that's true. That's not Triple H's call. That was Vince's call. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cody for Regal trade. Let's. Who says no? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, I mean that that's some politics right there. But uh-huh. see, there, but there's a conundrum, right? Kevin seems the closest to a matchup against Roman, mm-hmm. but we don't believe that any of this roster can beat Roman Reigns, especially with the fence of talent around Roman. It, even when we mentioned a few months ago, well, when Cody's healthy, it's going to be Cody Roman if, if The Rock's not ready. Does that seem believable to you? Cody Rhodes? AEW's Cody Rhodes beating Roman Reigns when Brock couldn't do it? Yeah, I mean, I think that goes no. back to what we talked about a week ago with War Games. Without that buildup, like, War Games would have been a great chance to build up that next person. Like, someone pins Roman in War Games. Like, all of a sudden, you have your story right there. there you but go. no one on that other team was someone like, oh, yeah, maybe. Like, you know, Pete Dunne. Butch. Butch could have pinned him. Like, what were they doing? Like, there's no one there that you're like, okay, maybe this is it. And, like, that's the Rich, looking there. Rich Holland snaps him with his suspenders, and then Butch goes for the pin. <laughs> no? You guys I are lose, into that? I, I lose to the guy that crippled Big E. No way. (laughs) This is when you're missing. This is fancy booking. This is when you're missing the baby face um, general manager that says, you know, Roman, you are the undisputed champion, but you're the champion of Raw and SmackDown. As a matter of fact, you have to defend these championships. As a matter of fact, uh, you had to defend them both at WrestleMania, as bro bro has just said. And so he drops one of them. That's the the only way out of this, unless the undisputed championship is always just going to be the champion of Raw and SmackDown, just and combined to one championship, not two belts, one. I don't know. I feel like each show needs their champ. I think like Mania is the easy thing. You have like that's the bloodline breakup on Saturday. Someone co- costs Roman one of the belts on Saturday. Then Sunday he takes on The Rock. He doesn't lose that match, and then you're split up and you do it that way. I mean, it's easy, and, and that's the thing. But that's the one that makes the most sense to me is having. Him defend it, you know, one on one night, one on the other. But they haven't treated it like that. 
They haven't done that once yet where it's like, oh, it's just for this one. Where again, in the past, that's what they've done. When Becky Lynch was Becky Two Belts and and she won a match SmackDown, whatever that next pay-per-view was, she lost one of the belts because she had two matches the following pay-per-view or premium live event, excuse me, where, you know, that's, that's how they treated that. They have treated this as a completely different thing. And it, it, again, it just kind of put this in, in this corner of, okay, who is it? Is this, it just leaves a lot of questions and there aren't a lot of answers right now. As, as good, as good of a job as Triple H has done, he still has not found a way or any sort of path to book out of the corner that Vince put him in at WrestleMania. Boy, we are really going, we are regressing with two champions at the top of the card. You know, MJF's not going out there, you know, every week defending the championship. He'll do promos. We already told you he's not going to be able to, he's not going to be out there wrestling. And actually he's special where he doesn't have to wrestle every week, but the same thing with Roman Reigns. So the, the top of the card, as far as championships, never been colder because I think because for a generation before this one, it's like, oh, we see Cena every single week and he's out there, he's defending the US title, and you know, every pay-per-view is big match John, blah, 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 right? Here we go in 2022. You got two companies in which you see the world champion speak a lot, but they don't wrestle a lot. And that's where we are today. And I get it for I I guess we can transition to that. I guess uh, what do we have? Yeah. So three but we'll, we'll transition it to it number two because we seem yeah. to be actually getting everything you know weaving everything together this week here on gkw but mjf well actually i have a different number two like we can get to mjf but like a name we didn't mention bray wyatt so number two bray's been back since october we sort of see where he's going fill in the blank here bray wyatt's return so far has been blank um, meh uh nondescript Nah. All right, let's like, get to number none three. None of us mentioned him. None of him said, like, <laughs> hey, maybe Bray beats Roman. Like, that never no. came up just now. Like, no, no. He's, he's messing around with L.A. Knight. Like, you can't heat Bray up that quickly. Like, again, by the, the at the pace in which they're telling the Bray Wyatt story, maybe, maybe Bray's ready to wrestle by next year's uh, Survivor Series. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Like, they are telling this at such a snail's bleeping pace. Like, what are we doing? Like, come on. Like, it, it just – he goes out there, gives a rambling promo every week. We get Uncle Howdy up on the screen, and, like, it's just, okay, what are we doing? Like, and I was excited for Bray to be back. Like, <laughs> well, what the hell, man? Well, I guess, you know, you sit down, and all the, the question marks, when's Bray coming back, when's Bray coming back? And Bray says, okay, you know, I just had my baby with JoJo, the ring announcer, and everything's fine. And then I feel like I'm in a good headspace. I feel healthy. I'm going to come back to the WWE. Okay, great. Even though Impact Wrestling offered him a deal. How about that? What would that look like? Um, it it wouldn't look like anything. See it? I don't know. No one would see it, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so think about it. Like, you have your, you know, your yellow pad of thoughts, right? You're like, all right, Bray, you know, Triple H and management sits down. It's like, all right, Bray. So you're going to come back to WWE. And so what would you like to do? I don't know, man. I was thinking about LA Knight. <laughs> like, I, I don't think that that was in the plans, right? Of all the things, I don't think it was like, you know, man, I was thinking about that LA Knight. 
That's not an insult. The fact of life. <laughs> I will say the only positive now about him being back is we don't just scan QR codes or run HTML on websites anymore. Like it's all just there. What you do with it is up to you now. But yeah, like it's gone nowhere. And like apparently Triple H is planning a pitch black match for LA Knight and Bray at the Rumble. Whatever that means. Is that um, supposed to be a lights out match? I like, guess. but they just call it something different. Is that one of those pre-match deals, uh, cinematic matches? Ooh. I guess, but I thought we were away from that. We like the, that came to be because there were no people there. Like people want to see Bray wrestle. Like we don't need to hide Bray in the ring. Okay, but I'm confused about the character. He's yeah. trying to tell us. He's pretty much Wyndham Rotunda trying to tell you, like, yeah. man, I've gone through a lot right now, man. I went through a lot in my, my life. You could do that once when you return, but if you're coming out there every week crying about your life and how I've got these demons and you see them on the screen, but you don't see them in the ring, like, some of this stuff is getting some booze here and there. I don't know if you listen very closely. There's some, like, either indifference or booze with this. They love to see him because that way the lights are out. You can turn on your phone and turn the camera. That's fine. But I think this slow bill is leading towards something, but it's not to a title match. The first time, the first two times he had the championship, he didn't need them. No. Ray Wyatt was over. He didn't need the championship. He's one of, because he's great on the mic, great promo, great character. So I, I don't know what the ideas were when he first came back. Like, what do you want to do? Like, you want to do something different? Well, I got this Uncle Howdy thing, man. And then I've got, um, I was thinking this LA Knight dude would be really great for the, to start things, all right? Then what? Um, well, it seems like that. Alexa, wh whatever's going to be going forward, it seems like Alexa's going to be a part of it. So on Raw, when she was standing there in the background, TV behind her kind of flashed that upside-down Hornet thing. Um, so it seems like she is going to be realigned with Bray Wyatt and whatever version of The Fiend is going to be coming back. So then what? What's next after that? Like uh, we've seen her in that character before. Then what? yeah, I mean, could Cena be down the line? We've talked about what he's going to do at Mania. Like they had a great cinematic match. Like could that be one of the demons he's trying to exercise? Like taking on Cena at Mania. Uh, we saw that already. That, like, we saw a best... cinematic match. Put him in the ring, and we'll, it'll be different. No, and actually, no? the best, okay. the best <laughs> no, and the best thing part about that is that Cena turned heel for like ten seconds. Yeah, that was NWO. pretty good. That was badass. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hell yeah! Cena with the NWO shirt, like, yeah, uh -huh. that's what we've been waiting for for like tw twenty years. Do it. So he got, got a chance to live his dream as a heel. He wanted to be a heel so bad, so funny, like. Five years into – he's people forget he started as a heel. Remember that program yep. with The Undertaker? Mm -hmm. People forget about that, the whole rapping thing with the jerseys. And I think there was one green light that Vince gave him, like, yeah, we're going to turn you. He couldn't run down to creative fast enough. He was just <laughs> like, all right, we're going to switch this music up. We're going to do that. And Vince like, nah, nah, the merch is too good. Yeah. But because he And he was disappointed because he was like, I'm about to be a heel. You know heels have more fun. Uh -huh. you know, just like and he's like ah he had the music ready he had the, the gear ready like here's what we're gonna do next week like now nah, we're not gonna do that he was this close to being a heel yeah it's Bray Wyatt has been I think we're we all agree it's been underwhelming yep. it's been very underwhelming to this point and I, I just don't I don't know where they're going with it and it's the the longer they take to tell the story and I want to give latitude because it's Bray and 
Bray has done some great long-term storytelling. You mentioned the Cena stuff. It's been fantastic. But when he comes out on Friday nights and I'm watching, like, I kind of lose interest. Like, I, that's when, you know, I pull out my phone. And I'm like, okay, what else is going on? Oh, look, at that's uh, that game's on right now. And, like, I just kind of – because the, the, the promos are long and rambling and seem rather pointless to this point. I agree. And, like, it's disappointing to feel that way because we all were so excited. Like, Jay Hood, I think it's your point when you talk about AEW where – so many of these guys and girls go unchecked and then you get into some trouble because like, Oh, well, no one was checking this or you have the same spots in different matches. I wonder if this is just bright unchecked or it's like, maybe he needs a little control. Like someone needs to pull in a little bit where we don't need Vince to do it, but like something in between. Cause right now this isn't connecting right now. I'll also point one other thing out about Bray. What might be the disconnect for all of us is that it's solo Bray. Yeah. We're used to seeing him with as an ensemble, part of like two two people behind him. Alexa Bliss, as you mentioned, might be part of this as well. Solo wow. Bray. I mean, he's over. It's just that there there was always more to Bray than just him speaking on the mic. There was a purpose. I'm going after this – LA Knight. I'm going after this person. I want this championship or I have this purpose. The promos are excellent. Don't get me wrong. But it, the point is like where are you going with it next? I'm not look, looking to fast forward through it. I just want to know, like, after mid-card LA night, then what else are you going after? Like, Austin Theory, you're crossing over? Is there something on SmackDown and a light roster that you're going after? You're going after the bloodline? Like, I don't know the answer to that. And I want to see matches. Like, Gunther versus Bray is something I can get behind from a wrestling standpoint. <laughs> somebody's bleeding. <laughs> somebody's somebody's going to bleed <laughs> the hard way. I, that can main event my SmackDown any night. Yes. I have no problem. I mean, that that could be harmful to someone's health. It'd probably Bray Wyatt's. <laughs> yeah, it's so again. I, I want to give it leniency, but I think they just need to pick it up just a little bit because again, I, I just don't need any more. I, I don't need LA Knight buried underneath whatever you can find in the back. I don't need that again this Friday. I just I don't. Know it sounds like I know it sounds like we're shitting on LA Knight. That's not that's not what we're saying. We're just saying that for someone with the, I guess the gravitas of Bray Wyatt over the years in WWE, for him to come in with this as his first program is a little bit underwhelming. LA Knight by himself breaking away from that terrible Vince gimmick that he had. He's a terrific wrestler, solid veteran. We just didn't expect that this would be the first thing. No, and and to me, it doesn't allow. The other disappointing part about that is I would have. Love to see LA kind of grow and see what he can do. And this doesn't necessarily bury him, but it's not going to put him in the best light. He ain't coming over the top of Bray Wyatt. He's not coming out on top of that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> That's not an insult, LA. It's just a fact of life. It is a fact of life. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, close your eyes when you listen to LA Night. Tell me you don't hear Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock at the same time. That's how he it's, sounds. Like it's it's a it's bizarre. He studied them so much. It's amazing how much his cadence is like The Rock. It's crazy. And how much that, yeah, the cadence is The Rock. The voice is stone cold, and it's yeah. very freaky. It's very freaky. You pointed that out a couple weeks ago, and I can't, like, unhear it now. Like, I, the, the, bell, the bell's been rung, and I can't unring it for L.A. night. He was uh, on with, with Chris Van Vliet, and he was like, I can't help that I talk like this. Yeah, and it's just like... Is that your natural voice? Even if it's not, it's just entertaining. It's just weird. And people that missed the, the 90s, early 2000s, it's all in one package in uh, L.A. <laughs> we talked about it a little bit earlier. Let's move on to number three. 
Last night, Dynamite MJF with his first promo as AEW World Champion, and it ended with him turning on William Regal. So, guys, will MJF actually get booed during his world title run? He got booed last night. You hit, you hit William, William Regal from behind with William Regal's own brass knucks. Like, they are going to do – it's very obvious to me that they are going to do whatever they can to try to prevent him from being the cool heel who gets cheered. And they want him to be that heel who's going to be doing dastardly things. They remade the belts to make, you know, the way he wants it to look. You know, he's not going to be wrestling. He's he, They're doing all these things to try to set him up to be booed. Now, I don't know if it works, but it seems that that's what Tony Khan wants to do. Try to do everything in his power that he can in order to get MJF booed. Yeah, including mentioning the WWE again. Yeah. <laughs> God almighty, man. Don't you have anything? Don't you have any, can't, can't you do something if you're Tony Khan? Stop being an enabler. You're just going to keep the, him, you know, have him bring up Triple H's name on the promo again. I mean, I know that the AW audience and the whole wrestling audience is in on this, but just like he's doing anything he can. But see, you know what's funny about society, guys? It's like, you know, you take a look at social media, right? And you could be a heel on social media. You could say anything. You could be a heel on social media. But MJF can't be a heel in AEW to the fans. They boo. They'll boo, but they still love it, though. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Like, mm -hmm. you can say the most salacious, outrageous things about the people in Indianapolis. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, we are slobs. Yeah, right. we are the worst, right? Because Yeah, like, I am a piece of shit. Yeah, tell me more. <laughs> yes, yes, please, please, please. Give me like give me more. Like it's weird. On social media, you can take you could you could tweet something totally innocuous about something. Oh, I love the sun. Oh, the sun, F the sun, like all that, right? But then for MJF, he's saying stuff, tweeting stuff, he's telling you that he's a heel. Everywhere I hear, um, whatever organization he goes to, um, I remember this at MLW, same thing now in AEW. They said, like, this is who he really is. Like, he is, walks around and just is a bad guy to people, and, but the fans love it. So, will he? So, I guess the question I have, bro, it's is in 2022, can you really be a heel, a true heel? Has anyone ever seen it? I've seen it. I know what a real heel looks like. Can't can MJF be the true heel he wants to be? He wants to be Buddy Rogers. That's what he wants to sure. be. But so, that's the thing. I to your point, I don't think it's the same heel. Like you see on Twitter all the time with like anniversary stuff. Like when you see NWO highlights come up and the ring is littered in garbage. Or today was the anniversary of that that old lady trying to slap Hogan. Like that's not going to happen with MJF. You're not going to have the whole arena like wanting to slash his tires and him having to sneak out the back door. That's not going to happen in 2022 to where you might get a moment that I agree with you, Gabe. They booed when he hit Regal last night. But then two minutes later, they're like, oh, like, yeah, hey, MJF, like, he's coming through the crowd. Let me get a selfie with him. So I think we just sort of have to manage expectations of what a heel is because he is the top heel probably in all of wrestling. But what does that look like in 2022? So you think you would categorize Roman as a face? No, but I don't think Roman gets that heat. Well, nobody, nobody does. Nobody like Roman does. Roman that makes him a heel. Like, what else makes him a heel? The acknowledge me stuff. But everyone does it. Like, the whole crowd does it with him. It's a catchphrase to play along with. It's actually Mick Foley in reverse. 
Omaha, acknowledge yeah. me. <laughs> right. Hey, it's so great to be here in Oklahoma, in, in o- Omaha. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's the same. It's actually, it's Mick Foley in reverse. Yeah. It's like, it's like hey, you know, um, Kansas City, acknowledge me. Oh, are you talking about us in our city? Yeah, I'll acknowledge <laughs> you. I, yeah, yeah. But it's the same thing that Mick Foley was doing, except uh, so we are in the era, again, of the cool heel. Mm-hmm. The bloodline of cool heels, Gabe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't make you a heel, though. <laughs> right? It doesn't make you a heel. Like, these guys here, everybody wants the merch. Who wears merch of bad guys? I do. I'm a heel on the show. I mean, but, but again, the point is, though, is that, again, can you get real heat where people could say, man, I hate when this guy is going. Now, here's real heat on this show. Both of you hate Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, right. that's, that's like change Friday once again on TV. But that's but again, that's the X Pac go away heat. Yeah, like that's not the good heat. Like I don't like I, I legitimately will turn my television. I don't need to see Jeff Jarrett. Like I just don't. I don't need to see him in 2022. I really do not need to see him break his 20,000th guitar on somebody on Rampage on Friday. I just don't need to see it. Don't need it. Let's see. Triple A, Triple Mania. Let's see. GCW two shows. WrestleMania is a referee. Ric Flair's last match. <laughs> AEW. I mean, good for him. He's getting the work in and people yeah. are paying him. Like, you know, good for you, Jeff. I just I just don't need to see it anymore, pal. When we do our in- year-end awards in a few weeks, he is comeback wrestler of the year. He's been in five different shows. Five different shows. He's 52. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. It's no unbelievable. More. Go away. Uh, but this whole MJF thing, guys, it's it's about, you know, it, the question is, will he actually get booed? He was booed because of what happened with Regal. And that was that's a whole different kettle of fish, too. Like, how does that how that happen? That that whole thing is just stupid. I don't understand, especially if Regal's leaving. I don't understand that whole deal. So he gets heat, so he's gonna be by himself. Okay, so but people still will respect him when he comes out to to speak again. He's yeah. still gonna get cheers, even though he disses the fans. And I think the other issue is, like, when you have a top heel, you need that top face. AEW gets guys over, but then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, why don't we step back a little bit? And, like, the fact that if someone might get all the way up there, then they're going to pull them away. You're going to lose some of that, not heat, whatever the, the opposite of heat is. Like, that that love for the face, like, they're going to book that wrong to where him versus Ricky Starks in a few weeks. Like, the fans will be behind Starks in the match, even though they know who's going to win. But then the next week, like, they're cheering for MJF again. See? Yeah, it's not going to be consistent booze. Like the only person, but even that, I mean, and he's not a cool heel because I don't think anybody's out there buying "Hello, my balls are massive" T-shirts uh, from the Miz. But it's like the the Miz is like what a heel looks like in 2022. Yeah. Like well, nobody's cheering. Nobody's cheer. Yeah, and and it might be, but nobody's cheering for the Miz. Like everybody knows. Knows he's the bad guy in every feud that's going to be in. Like, he's not getting che- Like, Dexter Loomis is a stalker, and he was the babyface against Miz. <laughs> right. And, hope, and I hope to God that that's the end of that from Monday Night Raw. And, yeah. and by the way, hopefully, here, here's, here's, give here's Johnny Wrestling work. something else, please, for the love of all things holy. Yeah. That's another thing doing? we give Triple H a pass on. Like, if this was Vince booking Johnny, we'd be so upset right now. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Only because we know that Triple H is going to take care of Johnny. Right. It's, he's he'll take care of Johnny. Johnny will be in better programs than this. Right. He just he just like, hey, could you get through? Let's, can you help us get through this so we could end this? 
Um, but I, I, I look at it's interesting you mentioned the Miz because you remember the insult, what was it, a year ago? Where it's like MJF is like, was it Miz yeah. Light? Who said that? CM Punk? CM yeah. Punk said, said that he was like at the Miz. And so that's an insult because Miz is either it's either he does get booed or it's there's indifference. That match we saw on Raw, that was indifference. Like people weren't behind Dexter Loomis. They weren't behind Miz. They were just trying to get this over with. That crowd did not want to see that in Norfolk. They were not interested in all. So I just I, I just think the MJF thing is like he will get booed. If you notice that promo he had right before he hit Regal, he's like, I know some of you are behind me. Some of you are supporting me, but you guys are going to turn on me. And still people were giving him some light applause, some booze here and there. It's going to be a mixed reaction. But he wants the heat. He wants nuclear heat. He wants someone to get a knife, just like in the old days, yeah. and try to go after him. He's, that's just never going to happen in 2022. No. No, so it's just a matter of figuring it out. Because, again, if you're the cool heel that, yeah, you get some booze out of respect for being a heel with the smart wrestling crowd, which, again, MJF is going to get some of that when he insults the town. But ultimately, he's getting cheered. Hell, he was getting cheered over John Moxley yep. just a couple of weeks ago during that championship match. And well, Mox is... Last night is, you know, the next step to him and Brian. And Brian doesn't play that, like, white-faced baby face. So, like, what's that going to be like? That dynamic. Like, Brian comes out of the heel locker room. Like, that's just sort of his thing. So, like, it'll be interesting to see how, like, that dynamic will be for the next month or so. White meat baby face. Yes, what I say. Is it what you said? White face baby face. Be careful. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay. (laughs) You can't. I don't think that's allowed. No. In fact, it's not. In fact, it's not. That, that Booker T, that is what would end AEW. That's how AEW goes out of business. If indeed they send somebody out in whiteface. That's how that ends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sookie, sookie, Vic. Oh, whiteface. I don't think that that would be a good idea, no. (laughs) Good book in there. (laughs) Just try to help. What do we have at News and Notes this week, Brian? All right. We talked about William Regal. Multiple reports out about his future in AEW. Mike Johnson of PW Insider says, quote, all signs that William Regal will be WWE bound shortly. Sean Ross Sapp last night tweeted that Regal's deal is up at the end of this month. Okay. Let's let's (laughs) talk about this, Gabe. Why Why wouldn't AEW keep Regal around in the back? Yeah. It seems like... Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a no-brainer that you would keep – I mean, it, everybody agreed that it was a mistake that WWE let go of William Regal to begin with. I think everybody agreed that that was a mistake. And clearly, he's a Hunter guy at this point. Like, Hunter, I think, would obviously, now that he's in charge of things, clearly wants to bring him back. But if I'm AEW, no, I'm not letting go of William Regal. This dude is a brilliant professional wrestling mind. He has been part of the major storylines that you've been telling since he arrived. Put together, you know, a a stable of wrestlers featuring some of your most popular guys, including Brian Danielson and John Moxley. Turned on that group to now be in your world championship storyline, and then just got taken out by the world champ. And that's how he's going to go away. Like so. So the, the setup for potentially Brian Danielson versus MJF is defending the honor of somebody who's leaving your company and going to the competitor. What? And you have to be an insider to know that because if you're not, um, then it's kind of like, well, where did Regal go? 
Because it's not like Regal's going to be on NXT TV. Well, maybe he will be. He's screaming out war games again. I don't know. Well, Triple H tweeted that this weekend. He's like, it wouldn't be the same. He tweeted out Regal saying war games. Oh, okay. So, oh, so this was poorly booked. Another issue with Tony Khan. Poorly booked. Poorly booked. So because it's like, okay, so MJF's the champion. And Regal represents uh, MJF in Chicago. Because MJF was not there filming the Von Erichs movie. Comes to Indianapolis and he's just standing there, and he gets hit from behind by MJF, and it's kind of like so. Now, so now Regal gets stretchered out, and that's the end. Or is that not Vince McMahon booking? That's how that's how Vince did it, right? If you if you are finishing up in his company, you're gonna go to another company. Well, we're gonna humiliate you on the way out. And if that's the case, then boy, that's Vince McMahon 101. You stretcher that guy out that helped your company was one of the best color analysts actually in in your company for the one offs that he was doing. He, he put together a, a Blackpool Combat Club, which was really cool. I thought it was different. It was it was great a great you know assembly of talent. And now you just let him go out the door. 40 years in the business, bro. It's 40 years of experience. And you don't want that guy in your company? Okay. Yeah, let's stick with daddy ass. You're right. Hey, they got Jeff Jarrett. They don't need Regal. But, like, Regal's been so, like, front and center <laughs> so much. Like, it's just it is very odd and like to Gabe's point, like if you're gonna build Brian defending his honor and then he's just not there, like I wouldn't be surprised like at this point somehow you extend it to February to when they have the blow off and he's there. But even that, like Brian's not gonna go over. So do they do where like, hey, if MJF beats Brian, Regal never can come back to AEW? Okay. Like But you don't want to put yourself career. in that court. Yeah, I don't know. You don't want to put that put yourself in that corner where you can never bring him back either i i don't know i'm i'm really curious to know if the details of whatever his contract looks like comes out because earlier in the week Meltzer was like oh no this isn't going to happen he's got a three-year deal and then later in the week Meltzer's like ah oh, well something's going on it's not clearly staying he might be going and then we get the reports that it's like an eight-month contract plus options so I, I'd love to know what the, the details of his contract are and I'd love to know why he doesn't want to stick around AEW like it seems like they have plenty of young 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 people on the roster if that's what he wants to be around. They've got plenty of that. You got potentially an ROH TV deal coming down the pipe. Like, how can you not use William Regal? And how are you not doing everything in your power to make sure that this man, who has been so integral to your main event booking since he arrived, and you're just going to let him walk out the door? Well, I'll put it this way to you guys. It's like. So if you want to write him off TV because he had this injury be sustained at the hands of MJF, you want to do that, that's fine. Write him off TV, he still, but he should still help you in the back. Because if you still make him part of the storyline as far as him being out there, I don't know, in a body cast or whatever, he was just – he was a baby face. He was a heel for two weeks and now turning to a baby face. That doesn't make sense either. Think about it. Like you were just booing him because he screwed John Moxley, and now you have sympathy for him. Like this is what we talked about in the pre the previous segment. No one has sustained heat. If you have any, it doesn't last long. So that's why yeah. it's like I would just write him off TV, but I'd sign him to a two year deal. It's it's William Regal for God's sakes. And actually, <laughs> that's a that's a a feather in your cap if you're AEW because now you have more experience. Someone that Triple H covets, no, he's in my company now. That's how a wrestling war works. You just don't give away 40 years of experience if that's going to be the case. Yep. 
Uh, other contract news, Dax Harwood in an interview with Sean Ross Sapp revealed that FTR's contracts are up April of 2023. He says they could take a break for a year from TV in order to rest their bodies and, quote, do things that make us happy and bring us joy. Well, I mean, if they took a break from TV, would anybody notice? <laughs> That's a shot to the balls there. <laughs> I mean, they haven't been on TV anyway. Like, it's it. it I, I I will say this: if that's what they decide to do, I would not blame them at all. If they just decided that they didn't they didn't trust the way that WWE booked them because obviously the last time we saw them, they were doing the comedy shave your back stuff. They if they say we don't trust them, books us, and they decide to go the Matt Cardona, we can delves and get like you know me FTR couldn't get Matt Cardona over in the Indies. Like, they could do what Matt Cardona is doing, but for tag team wrestling in the independence, absolutely they could because they're a bigger name and more people are behind them when whenever they would start versus what Matt Cardona was at the beginning of what he's been able to build himself into. They're doing it now. They teamed with Steamboat this past weekend. Like, they're doing that. They're going wherever they want and say, oh, this is fun. Let's do this. You know, guys, it'll be the first time I'm saying this on our show, but I think... Money-wise, it's the right time, but these two have grown up in the business at the wrong time for tag team wrestling. They have. WWE has – they have the Usos, but no one's taking the championships off of them. And also, on top of that, there isn't a really strong WWE tag team division. You got two brands, and I can't give you five tag teams besides the New Day that seriously could beat the Usos for the championship. We talk about Roman all the time. Give me those sustained tag teams that, like, for sure, like, yeah, when they take on the Usos, they could get the championships off of them. It's always these makeshift tag teams. Hey, look at this. We're going to have, what is it supposed to be, like, Riddle and Riddle. Elias. Yeah, Monday. RK okay, Bro. For the tag titles. Oh. oh yeah, Nonsense, that's right. right? Yeah. Nonsense. And so the same thing with AEW. I heard Jim Ross on Rampage a couple weeks ago. Whoa, this, this, this company is wrestling rich with tag teams. So many tag teams. Really? Uh, you have tag teams, but yeah, that, can you for sure say that you have a sustained roster of tag teams besides the Young Bucks, besides um, uh, Death Triangle, Lucha Bros, Lucha, yeah, Lucha Bros, that you could say for sure that they could win the tag team championships and have the kind of run that FTR has? See, I think that it's it's dangerous to say we're going to take some time away in a wrestling war. But if either side is not showcasing you, then maybe you should be in the indies. You can rest up, have your own schedule, make $2 million in the indies internationally and, and also domestically, and still have fun. At least you'll be able to wrestle. They can't even get on AEW TV. Well, I mean, and, and the best, honestly, the best things on AEW TV that they've done this year, it's not even a they. It's the Dax, like, he has one of the the matches, but he has put on really good matches with CM Punk, with Brian Danielson. Like they've given him an opportunity to showcase that he can wrestle. And to the shock of no one, he's really he's he's delivered matches to the point where point where like CM Punk was championing this dude as wrestler of the year because of the matches and quality of matches that he was putting on as a uh, Dax Harwood as as the singles competitor that he is not because he's a part of the most decorated tag team in professional wrestling and yet still cannot get television time as a tag team solo, uh, just those two as a tag team on AEW TV. It's mind boggling. I mind boggling. Last week, like Anthony Bowen of the acclaim was on with us. You can check that on the podcast where he's like, Oh yeah. Like 
our paths have to cross with FTR at some point. They've been number one contenders for a while. Like when your own guys are saying stuff like that, like everyone is aware of how you're misusing FTR. Like it's just weird to see. Well, Gabe, what would you do if you're? If, and actually, in that con, in that uh, interview, I, I think Dax was confused. I, he says, "I think that we're going to be uh, finishing up soon." Yeah, he, he said he really thought cool. they were going to be up this year. He thought they'd be done at the end of this month, and he's like, "Oh, April of 23." So, what would you do? If you're FTR, what would you do? Yeah, I, I think I'd do the independent route because I think, again, they're going to be top stars and they're going to be, they could make enough money going that independent route, doing whatever they wanted to do, maybe appearing on New Japan Pro Wrestling and defending those tag team championships from time to time. And that's the only television, televised things or regularly televised things, I guess I could say that they do. But I think they could certainly, and that's, I think, what I would do because it's, it's, WWE doesn't, as you said, WWE doesn't feature tag team wrestling. AEW does a terrible job of pretending that they care, but instead they now care about the trios championships more because that's what the elite are going after. So yeah, I think I'd, we're a tag team. We're not splitting up. We're, me, we're going to go someplace else and we'll figure it out because we're big enough stars because they are. That's the thing. They are big enough stars to go do that. But can they do that and still be signed to AEW? Like, still cast at AEW check and basically do what they're doing now? Like, they're going to be at Wrestle Kingdom. Like I said, they they teamed with Ricky Steamboat this past weekend. Like, they've taken on the Rock and Roll Express. Like, can't they just do this? I think Tony Khan would like to lessen the independent dates of his wrestlers, which I find interesting because they're not doing anything except wrestling on Wednesdays. They don't have house shows. So all, all I know is that the old school wrestlers say, we got to wrestle more to get better. And if you're just wrestling on Dark once every other week, if you're wrestling on Dynamite or Rampage every other week, because it's not weekly, it's every other week, then how do you get better? And then you wonder how come there's so many like issues with some of these matches, right? It's just like because they don't get enough ring time. So, Finally, I, I news mean, and notes. Uh, Fightful know. reporting that Randy Orton needed a fusion in his lower back. He is not expected to return anytime soon. He has been out since May. Uh-oh. Just a, I mean, it's a bummer. Like, because Randy Orton could be one of those guys that could be heated up quickly enough if he was healthy enough to kind of fill the role and be one of those five guys that we're talking about of challenging Roman Reigns. But, I mean, he, dude's been doing it for a long time, and – yeah, I think you forget that with Randy because he he doesn't look like he's been that old. Maybe because that's he went with the shaved head and doesn't necessarily have any of the, the gray hair that's been coming in. But he still looks so good, and he was having so much fun doing the stuff with Riddle that I think you forget that he's been doing this for 20-plus years, and it's unfortunate that I think some of it's kind of starting to catch up to him. And, and if, if we're talking about a fused lower back, that to me, I do we ever see Randy Orton wrestle again? Uh, you know, you never say never, right? Yeah, uh, but, but you, you know, well, you know what this means, guys. You know, this means that he needs a new finisher. All, all those RKOs have caught up to him one too many, and now he needs back issues. So he's gonna have to be a ground and pounder, he's gonna have to do like the calf crusher. He can't, he can't do those moves anymore. Like, I clearly he needs like a, a nice mat finisher. <laughs> So it's like Hogan with the with the leg drop. If he didn't have as many leg drops, he'd still be wrestling today. Why well, he's got no back now? He got no legs. He's dropped his ass on so many wrestlers. For <laughs> now he can't walk. New finisher. 
Well, and it's not even that. It's the move that he used. Is the, the rope DDT can't be good for him either because no. he's just throwing himself down on his back. And his two finishing moves, the two moves that Randy Orton is guaranteed to do every match, he's just throwing his back down and taking the back bump. I mean, it's vintage Orton, though. You can't pass that up. All right, Michael Cole. That's enough. <laughs> vintage Orton. Does he? What, so we haven't seen it because Orton's been out that long. But does he yell vintage Orton without Vince in his ear? Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, that would be my inclination as well. I would think yes, but you never know. Yes, but but the only difference is now he was a star at at old Ohio Valley Wrestling. That's yes. what Michael Cole would add now. He would just add the indie stuff. <laughs> that's what that's what he's allowed to do now. It that pops the internet every time. Like wow, he mentioned all Japan wrestling. He mentioned. <laughs> Like, yeah, man. He does whatever he wants to. Now, he's actually a full-fledged announcer that's giving you context and background. It's amazing how that works. So there you have it. Uh, did you guys enjoy Survivor Series? I did. I, I thought both of the – I thought that the um, the War Games matches were um, – and you knew there were going to be some big spots and some crazy spots because those were the rumors coming in because they wanted to be able to have highlights to be able to put together for packages going forward. So you see crazy things off the top, like the finish of the women's match with Becky Lynch dropping the leg, speaking of that, from off the top of the cage through a table, kind of a cool spot. And I, the ending the ending of the men's match was perfect. It was perfect. Absolutely loved the ending of the men's match. Just so everybody could be on the same page, people wonder would the bloodline be an issue? Uh, not an issue. So it looks like everyone's together on the same page. I was, I kept, bro, I kept rewinding the the men's match to find out what happened with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. I'm like, did I miss like a chair shot to the yeah. ear, or did I miss? And I kept rewinding. I'm like, oh, you mean that punch to the ear? It messed up his ears hearing because that's the story that Roman Reigns was so pissed off in the back, like this guy messed up my ear. This guy, you know, he punched me in the ear. It's like, dude, it's war games. And 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 live rounds are going to happen. He didn't mean to do it. Yeah, and I think the, the reporters, they talked about it. They were fine. Like, yeah, I think the booking in that match was great. Like, the show in general, like, there wasn't anything, like, talking about match of the week. Like, I don't pick anything from that show. It's like, oh, this is my match of the week. But, like, yes, the end of the men's match, like, it was just great booking, great storytelling, just every part of that. Like, it was fun to see that play out. I, I definitely would have enjoyed the ending of the triple threat match more if Theory wasn't involved. Because, again, the storytelling going on, like, of Theory winning the U.S. championship after being a failed cash-in with the money in the bank, it just it just makes it all look so bad. I, I like uh, – yeah, I would have preferred Theory not to win the championship, but that's the story that they're going with. I enjoyed I, – I liked it. I didn't love it. I, I enjoyed Survivor Series War Games. I think that everyone worked hard. Uh, it's just funny about theory, right? Like, there's something sports entertainery that's still there about theory. Like, Vince is not there anymore. Is this who you are? Is this? I mean, you're still gonna do the WWE cadence of talking about I'm the youngest guy that's done this, blah blah blah. I'm like, I can understand you doing that a year ago, but is there more to him than just the staccato way of doing promos like they did under Vince? Like, I like to see if there's something different. If not, that sucks. So. So, Brian, you teased at it. What do you guys have as your match of the week? I mean, I'm going to last night, Dax versus Brian. Like you talked about earlier, Gabe. Like, Dax doesn't win any of these matches, but every time he goes out there, like, it's a lot of fun. So I say that one. 
KO versus Jey Uso on Monday, I thought was like a really good match. And it's cool to see Jey spotlighted. And the other one, I just enjoyed it. I think it was just a different dynamic. Samoa Joe and AR Fox last night. Like the little things like Joe walking out of the way of like some of the top rope stuff. Like that was just entertaining to see those two. And like Joe did a good job of making AR Fox look like legit as opposed to just a jobber going out there. That was a match I really enjoyed last night. I've said this a long time about Samoa Joe. I feel he's just like the ultimate professional wrestler. Like he's really good on the mic. He's really good in the ring. I've, I've always loved Samoa Joe and I'm glad he's getting showcased as and he's calling himself the ultimate television champion since he has the TV title and the TNT title. That was a title match last night, right? Yes. Yep. TNT the, championship the match. Hmm. AR Fox just got signed. Title match, huh? Uh-huh. It was an open challenge. He, he jumped at it. He was first one there. Terrible booking. Again, <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Like, like, and but like, I I saw him before he got officially signed, and he he. So the ink's not even drawing the contract title match. Uh huh. You haven't been to enough pancakes and pile driver shows on WrestleMania weekends, and then you would know who AR Fox is. Okay. <laughs> oh man! Like if we <laughs> if we end up going to WrestleMania in LA, how many of these shows are you dragging us to? Oh, so man. many. <laughs> Oh my God! We're gonna be in El Segundo. <laughs> We're gonna be just just the dregs of society. <laughs> like you know, standing, my people looking forward standing, to it. LA, here we come. Standing for three hours watching a match because there's no chairs. Yep. <laughs> it's gonna be. Oh God. Also, Rowitz can see his his favorite intergender match of the year. Yeah. Oh my God! Just like uh, every any Cut all the, stuff the days. Get, all the stuff that you can watch on fight, but we got to see it live. Of course, you want to just—you know how these things go on WrestleMania weekend, though, right? It's like you know, it, it like some of these shows are against WrestleMania. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, there's some years I'd rather see these indie shows than Mania. Like maybe I'll give Hunter a chance this year, but some of the Vince Manias, like give me the indie shows. Oh my God! Like in, in some of these, and I, see if you haven't been. I've, I've read about these. I've never been. The idea that it's like, yeah, there's this, there's this show that's on fight at midnight. And uh -huh. another one at 3 a.m. Yep. It's just like, wait a minute. What do you mean there's a wrestling show at 3 a.m.? Sold out. Sold I'm not alone. I will tell this story. I forget what year it was. Mania was in Orlando. Went yeah. to Lakeland for the Ring of Honor show. So that ended okay. like 11. Drove back to Orlando Highlight to see a 1 a.m. show. And in the crowd, coming from Ring of Honor, was Adam Cole, baby. So he's part of the, the crazies also. So there you go. I had newfound respect for Adam Cole that night. <laughs> If only we now had newfound respect for you. If only we had that for you. That that really complete the story, but unfortunately, that's just not the way that this is going to turn out for you, Jay Hood. Your match of the week. Uh, the women's Raw uh, War Games match I thought was very good, uh, especially the ending. Start off slow. It's War Games, Bianca. Come on, come on. This is what we're talking about—the lack of heat, right? Just like it's moves, great. But let's go. Like, let's throw some punches. Let's get us into it. But as the match progresses, more and more people were able to really get into it. The and something else too about that, guys. I don't know if you noticed it or not. It it really resonated with me how big and strong Rhea Ripley looked in the war games. Mm -hmm. When she had her back turned, it it gave me China vibes, right? Of like, my God, she's the most dominant woman in here. Like, I think War Games did so much for her. She just won a match on Raw, we just saw as well, uh, against Mia Yim. Uh, and that's also on my list here. Uh, Yim and, and Ripley, I thought. Don't you was... mean Minchin? Is her name Minchin? Or is she still called Mia Yim? 
They said it's a nickname. And someone messed okay. up on the web. Yeah. It, it was so complicated. They were like, nah, let's go back to Mia Yim, yeah. where people <laughs> We We really messed this up. Just call her Mia. Uh, so I, li- I like that. I thought that Yim and Ripley had a really good match. And, but I was just impressed by Ripley in the cage. Just like, okay, she's a force when you see her in there. Like, we see Bianca and we see Asuka and these others. But when she's in there, dressed in black, the black hair, it's like she's ominous. And it's like she's an attraction that you got to see. Never mind about the laughing on the apron all the time. She's turned into a sicko, and I think that's kind of cool. Um, and I thought that, um, once again, the six-man tag delivered, I thought, for the main event on AEW Dynamite. They're not going to do it the same way every week. That was a little bit more of you know all, those guys all over the place. I had no problem with it. It was fine. Yeah, starting with the brawl, you know, again, I think that was, hey, you're down 2-0, you got to do something desperate, so they, you know, they just start it right out of the gate, before you even get in the ring, you're not even ringing the bell, you're trying to wear down your opponent, and again, they're presumably going to have seven of these, so we still have four more to go, to, so to be able to present it so many different ways, it's a tip of the cap to those guys, but just, I, I'm, a, I'm with Just a little bit on, on that, here's how you knew that the, um, the Elite were going to win, Callus at ringside, he's never there. He, now, it was desperate. He's like, we can't and, go not 3 I better get it to ringside to try to help. Which they did a good job of pointing out on commentary. Like, usually he's up here bothering us, but he's down there. That's how important this thing is. Um, my match of the week, I'm with you, Jay Hood. I loved the, the women's war games match. Um, like you said, the start was a little bit, but like, Rhea Ripley, like every time I see her wrestle, it, like because she had the injury and was just more or less the mouthpiece for a little bit there of Judgment Day, like you kind of forgot how good she was as a wrestler. You know, she's just trying to get, you know, she's trying to bait all these men into hitting her all the time on, on Monday Night Raw. Like, oh, hey, you can't hit me. But like when she gets in the ring, yeah, she does seem like to be that dominant presence. If there's going to, like, if, if she's not the heel that ends up taking the championship off of Bel Air, then Bianca's going to have a Roman Reigns type run because if it ain't if it ain't her, I don't know who else it could possibly be. Yeah. So there you have it. There we go. That will do it for this week's version of GKW. There's only one pay per view in the month of December, so we're going to have a lot of other things to talk about. I know Jay Hood, you mentioned uh, we'll do a, a, an award show toward the end of the year, but make sure you tune in next week, Thursday night, right here across these same social media channels or through podcast, and that's what, how you listen to us. But we'll be back next Thursday on GKW.